0: presents the Interview. Hey, this is Joe Brookhouse at Frequency. Would like to welcome you to the feature interview today. Today, we're actually quite excited to have the opportunity to chat with who we uh, we look at as a singular artist, singer songwriter, Audrey Assad. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a uh, it's a pleasure. <laughs>
0: Well, I I know, and I'm going to tell people this, that you're sitting in your car with Skyping from your phone
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) because
0: because you have a toddler inside. So we know, you know, we respect your time and really appreciate you uh, giving some to us today. Um, We're really looking forward to chatting with you today because you've got a new album that releases February 12th, which is a week from today, Mm -hmm. um, titled Inheritance. And uh, if I understand this correctly, this is the second LP that you're releasing as an independent artist, the first since uh, fortunate fall in 2013.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, I put an EP out right before my son was born um, called Death Be Not Proud. But this is the second full length record um, since leaving the record label system. Yeah.
0: So it's been about what, three years then uh, since the last one.
1: I guess it has.
0: I'm trying to do is math. Is that so?
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose it has been. Yeah, wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. None of
0: us is getting younger. It's just <laughs> the years march on. It doesn't on.
1: feel like it was that long ago to me, but I guess it was. Yeah.
0: Well, you do a great job in terms of how you release because, uh, because you've those. E- you've had a number of EPs that you've shared with folks. And you re- I think in this day and age, um, EPs are a, a different vehicle than they used to be in terms of mm-hmm. sharing your music. Uh, well, let's talk about Inheritance. Um, you know, uh, on Pledge Music, uh, where you did the crowdfunding for it, you, it was referred to as a hymns record. And and, in, and I guess in many ways it is a hymns album. Do you, do, you, do you think about it that way? And considering that there's a number of hymns albums that have been released, let's say, in the recent past, um, how do you feel like your representation stands out?
1: Well, I kind of went into the process wanting to do... Um, Something very specific and I wanted to avoid a couple of things, Uh, one being I didn't want to radically modify the structure of the songs themselves by adding refrains or new parts Um, A little
0: Ed Cash um, (laughs) bridge
1: or something. Well, I, I, you know, yeah, and I love him and he's incredibly talented, but I didn't want to do that. It just wasn't my goal uh, for the project. And then the other thing I didn't want to do was be tied down. I didn't want to, I didn't want to dishonor the songs. And I also didn't want to deify the songs. I didn't want to be tied down by the era in which they were written. Sure. You know, and trying to, um, I wanted to try and approach it more. Um, I say cinematically, and what I mean when I say that is that I think these songs have so much range and drama that I wanted to treat each one almost like a tiny film score. So the score was really my job because the words and the melody were written already. And so Dan and I, who co-produced this together, um, we sat down and looked at each one and thought, OK, we're going to create little microcosms for each one um, of these songs that has, you know, a palette and a soundscape and colors. And sort of we we even invented little stories for some of them, you know, where it was like, OK, in this one, I'm floating down a river in an inner <laughs> tube. And, you know, it was just it was really, really different. And um, taking songs that everyone is so familiar with can be an incredibly treacherous thing to do I think because you can either blow them so far out of the water you know that people don't recognize them or they don't feel at home in them or you can be too boring and bland and just I didn't want to sit down at a piano and just record a bunch of songs people know already you know um so I feel like we accomplished what we were trying to do, and I'm very proud of it. And it was really hard, and I spent more time and money on this project than I have on anything I've done. So um, I'm very happy that we were able to, to get it together.
0: You know, I, I love the way you described just kind of that you had individual vignettes. Not to put you on the spot, but just could I could – I, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. If, if we, uh, if we looked at, uh, let me see, I've got the, uh, this, the track list up here and I've listened to it a few times, but, um, well, one of the ones I commented on immediately because it resonates with me is, um. Uh, it Is Well With My Soul. Did you have a mm-hmm. vignette for that one?
1: You know, um, <laughs> not no. <laughs> as much, not as artistically, because that was one of the ones I think we were the most faithful to in terms of just really doing it very simply. And, and it was my grandmother's favorite hymn, and she uh, we sang it at her funeral. And yeah. so if there was anything, it was really that memory of... I grew up in a church that sang in four part harmony and we sang that song all the time. And so we did it exactly like I did it at church and how we did it at my grandmother's funeral with all the vocals and the sort of like full swell chorus. And um, so it was really, that one was a little more literal, but, but I did have a lot in my mind though. I will say, I mean, just because of that memory of, of singing that um, when my grandmother passed, so, you know, still very visceral and I had a lot of imagery for sure, even Mm -hmm. if it was a little bit more literal of a take
0: well sure um and and i appreciate it regardless and i wasn't didn't imagine there was like a super fun <laughs> story necessarily related to that although the you know the the legacy of the song is from mm-hmm.
1: water it was yes it is yeah
0: uh, i encourage people to go out and um and, and look up the history of this mm-hmm. the- that
1: one is particularly incredible i think yeah um yeah, so definitely. I think it's Horatio Spafford, right? Is that the author? That's correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely Google that listeners. It is um worth reading for sure. Rose like
0: sea, mentioned kind of the, uh, the the legacy of the church in which you grew and, and, and i almost feel like this album could be called legacy because i I, mm. I interpret the word inheritance as kind of your inheritance of that brethren church that's exactly tradition.
1: yeah that's definitely partially a reference to that i kind of i took the word out of be thou my vision which is on the record yeah. you know that Mine inheritance now and always but i i chose the name mm. because of the type of record it is i i felt like you know there are things that there are things that get written and just kind of, um, you know, whether it's theology or literature or music, and they kind of just die with their time. And then there are things that last and last for a very, very, a uh, long time. And these hymns are examples of things that I think stood out enough in terms of their sort of incisiveness and insightfulness um, to last beyond their eras. And so to me, that's part of the inheritance of being a believer is all of these works and um pieces of music that have really been handed down to us and so i definitely wanted to um delineate that in the title and so that that word made sense to me
0: yeah it it, it certainly resonates for for me as i'm listening to them you know i well i grew up in the catholic church um, mm-hmm. and so um but i currently serve as worship leader in a non-denominational but formerly oh, baptist okay. church and they don't understand necessarily why I don't know all the Baptist hymns, uh,
1: yeah.
0: because we didn't have that. We had <clears throat> right. Here I Am, Lord, you know, right. uh, and that was we were excited when we got Here I Am, Lord, because mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. kind of contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, for me, um, those hymns, my legacy is really uh, songs from the Catholic Church and the liturgy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and, and I know you're Catholic. Yes. Um, Coming from the Brethren Church, I'm curious how you, um, it, through this album, find yourself marrying kind of that instrumentless tradition of the Brethren Church with kind mm-hmm. of the rich legacy of the liturgical music of the Catholic Church.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was definitely as well, you know, a challenge because these songs for me are contextually in my memory have no music to go with them because we didn't use instruments and so i but it was kind of cool because it freed me from maybe the more baptist tradition of just like a piano and vocals um because i didn't even grow up with that uh and so it was kind of like oh here are these choral arrangements that i can now put music under and so i found myself with songs like be thou my vision you know not using piano at all and and sort of going okay what can I do to make this as dreamy as I think these lyrics are, especially the last verse, which usually that's the, the biggest verse. Like you sort of swell the most into yeah. the high king of heaven verse. And I really was thinking, oh man, I feel like I'm I'm reaching the top of a mountain after like a long climb and just seeing the entire valley, you know, in the the sparkling sun. That's what I was envisioning, you know, really just sort of, um, a heavenly image. And, and so I was free to sort of go, okay, we're going to bring all the drums out of this verse and just make it feel as, as wide and spacious as possible. And so it was kind of, because I think I was at an advantage because I didn't grow up singing these songs with a piano or an organ and I could really just um, imagine new things for them. And uh, it was really fun.
0: That's fantastic. Um, you know, growing up in the brethren church, I, and I know very little, one of the members of my worship team, he's, I just turned 60 Mm -hmm. um, grew up in the brethren church. That's all I know about it, but he's shared with me the fact that there are no instruments and you memorize the hymns. Mm -hmm. And I wonder in terms of, um, how you present yourself as a singer, as an artist, um, what, what the measure of influence that kind of instrumentless time represents. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have an answer, that's fine too.
1: Oh, I mean, I think one particular way that it presents for me over and over is that I, I tend to do a lot of, uh, singing with other people, um, on their records, or I've traveled in the past, you know, with Matt Marr doing background vocals on the road. And what I, I absolutely got, I think a high level of skill in that, um, from growing up in a church where I was always singing harmony. And we now today, if like, I, I'm, I am Catholic. and, And if I do, um, Go to church and or to mass and then sing a song, or even at a you know a contemporary um, maybe not denominational church, and you kind of if you go like okay just our voices, no one sings harmonies because they're not used to it, they're not right. reading the music and learning those parts, and, and 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 even for us yeah you didn't even have to read music because everyone just sort of knew the different parts you sang with it. There was a real musicality to that that I think absolutely influences me and I've always been a particularly good blender. And I think it's just because I grew up having to sing that way. And so, um, and there's nothing more beautiful. I have so many fond memories of being at like conferences and things where there were maybe like a thousand people and hearing a thousand people singing in four part harmony is something that I I don't, if you haven't experienced it, um, it's absolutely gorgeous and kind of spine chilling, you know? Oh, yeah, shivers. Um, and so I, it's something I, I'm really grateful I was given because I think it taught me how to sing in a way, lead in a way that's friendly to the entire room and also blend with others really well. And I think I got that distinctly from my heritage musically.
0: I, 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 that was my assumption as well, you know, I because I, did, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up listening to Bread. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember the band Bread, but <laughs> um, but the harmonies and stuff—that's how I learned harmonies. Was yeah. was kind of that rich '70s influence. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that's mm-hmm. where I got my romantic ideal. That's a completely separate topic, <laughs> though. Um, that's all right. Well, you mentioned that you you know, you, uh, and I'm aware that you've done work on um, some other artists' um, projects. And one I thought of as I was driving into work today. Um, one of my favorite songs you've ever done, and you'll forgive me for departing from inheritance sure, for a moment. Sure, no, not
1: at all. That's fine.
0: You, uh, you, performed, and I believe you wrote a song on the Matt Hammett uh, album, "Every Falling Tear," called "Little Light."
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And that's um one of my favorite songs. Actually, you know, not to be overly sentimental, but it, it brings me to tears because imagery is so um so striking and so true. Um, mm. is there a story behind that song that you could share?
1: Yeah, um, I have a, there's something that's happened to me several times and it's, I I would actually think it's part of my prophetic ministry, um, which is that there are these people that I'll hear about and, and hear their stories and it will just overtake me with prayer or grief or whatever it is until I, and I just end up writing music, um, for, for that person. And it's happened like maybe three or four times and it's always been someone ill, and suffering. Yeah. And someone I, and so I happened to meet and read about a little girl named Kate McRae. Um, that was probably back in 2007 or eight, maybe, um, yeah. that I met her. She has, uh, been fighting brain cancer for all of this time. She's still with us actually. And this last scan, I think she had was clear, but she's still, you know, really suffering from the effects of all the, the hard drugs she had to do you know to to really kill this tumor and um she's had several recurrences and i just uh yeah i i was just praying for her a lot and this lullaby came to my heart so i wrote it and then i don't know i guess i was singing it at shows and matt heard it um and he said oh i'm making this record for my son bowen who has a hole in his heart you know yeah. and he said i would i know it's unorthodox for you to sing a song on my record totally by yourself but would you you know, put this on here. And, um, it's actually the second such time I'd been asked to do that because I, Chris Tomlin had asked me to put my song winter snow on right. his record and I sang it and he sang harmonies with me. And I thought, well, this is weird, but I'll do it. You know, that's awesome, but an honor. And so, you know, I was equally honored when man asked me to do that. And, um, yeah, so that was the story with little light. I just had Kate on my heart and didn't really even know her, but felt like I had to write that.
0: Uh, It's a beautiful song. Um, And and, and, uh, and, uh, Matt's album is actually striking in itself in
1: Mm -hmm. the the
0: theme. Um, But transitioning back to Inheritance, um, one of the songs that I found striking on there, I I, I believe it's an original, is uh, Even Unto Death.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Would you care to take a couple minutes and share with us the story of that song?
1: Absolutely. Um, I was in, actually, as I recall, Matt Marr has a studio in his backyard and I was out there working and writing and was just kind of YouTube surfing as you do when you're not supposed to be, (laughs) when you're supposed to be working and you don't know what to do. Um, And I came across uh, this video that ISIS had released, the Islamic State had released of an execution they carried out of 21 Egyptian Coptic men um, on a beach, I think in Turkey, but, or Jordan, I I don't remember where they were, but um, this was in February, 2015, and um and i by the way i know we're approaching time but that's okay i'm i'm not really um i'm cool after okay, at least you. 10 more minutes so i'm um, okay. just so you know but i um i i watched this video that the islamic state had put out of this execution and was just i mean obviously understandably sickened by it i mean i don't know who wouldn't be um right. however i felt that what happened in that moment more specifically for me was that I I had two kind of revelations. And one was obviously the, this idea of church unity. I thought this is like someone just cut off, you know, 21 heads that this affects me. I'm, I might be thousands of miles away, but that's my body. Um, too, you know, we're all one body and I'm, I feel like the pain of this and I felt it very strongly. And I, I felt like that was the Lord sort of giving me his heart for a moment. It was very heavy, as you can imagine. And I actually, and just as a side note, you know, from that moment, really, and I'm Syrian-American. My dad is a Syrian refugee. um, So I already have a reason to be grieved over things in the Middle East. But when I saw this film, this video, it was like a new burden that I took on and carry to this day that is extremely extremely heavy. And I, I'm i privileged to do that. I think it's walking with Christ. You feel those things more, you know, heavily and uh, potently. So anyway, that was the first thing I thought. And the second thing I thought was, well, you know, as I'm looking at this, hopefully with the eyes and the heart of Jesus, I'm thinking, well, the thing is that these 21 men who, who killed them, because each man had an executioner, um, are also image bearers of God. And what grief it must bring God for his own image bearers to, to do this, um, that, that actually the martyrs, you know, tragic as it is, they have been given their reward. Um, but these other men are lost, you know, and I just felt so grieved. Like I could not even, I didn't feel any anger towards them even. It was more like, oh, you poor souls. Like, I just want you to know something better and truer than this. Um, you're more than this, you know? And so as I was kind of praying and I, I just was gripped in that for, for very, I don't know how many minutes, but I was sort of praying and crying and hearing the Lord's heart. And, um, and then I thought, well, you know, I gotta, if these men really are my brothers, you know, and have, um, we are one body. I have to adopt their prayers. And, and they were praying, um, the name of Jesus on that beach before their lives were taken. And so I just thought like, Lord, give me their prayer. Um, I mystically, I guess like, you know, what goes through the mind of a martyr right before his life is taken. Yes. And, uh, that was kind of where these lyrics came from. And I, the first thing that ca- came to me was a hymn. I grew up singing called Jesus, the very thought of Thee." Uh, with sweetness fills the breast but greater far thy face to see and in thy presence rest Um, and so the verse kind of started off with Jesus the very thought of you it fills my heart with love Um, it's just a martyr's prayer you know and I hope to adopt it no matter what happens in my life Uh, and that was where I even unto death began you burn like wildfire and I
0: Recognizing the the inspiration behind that just adds a, a gravity or a specific depth to it. As, um, as I was listening to it with that additional context, um, it was um, joyful and um, almost tragic at the same time. I, I don't know how to explain it better than that. Thank you. Well, we, we've uh, just about run out of time here. I want to thank you for uh, taking some time to, to speak with us today about the album. We're really excited about it and looking forward to sharing it with folks. Um, that's released, it's called inheritance released February 12th. Um, how can people uh, kind of track with you in the meantime via social media?
1: Well, I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, my handle is just my name, Audrey Assad. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram and I have a website, audreyassad.com. Um, But yeah, Twitter is probably the place you'll hear the most from me and get the most replying. So if you're one of those people, then, you know, hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to chat. Um, And thank you so much for having me today. It's been great. I appreciate it.
0: It's been a blessing to us, too. I want you to get back to the will and and get out of the car and back in the house (laughs) and give our best to your husband. I hope uh, best for his health as well.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, Joe.
0: Frequency.fm is a podcast featuring Christian artists, authors, creatives, and experts. For more music reviews, book reviews, and articles, please visit us at Frequency.fm.